All right, so we're going to be in Colossians chapter 2. We're going to be looking at verses 6 through 15 today. So join me in Colossians chapter 2. The book of Colossians was written by Paul, but in Colossians chapter 1, we also see that it was also kind of co-authored by Timothy. Um, Timothy was with Paul at this point in Paul's journey, and so that's going to come into play in a little bit. Um, But just remember that there are multiple authors, and there's also multiple recipients to the book of Colossians. Colossians is written to a church at Colossae, and so there are multiple authors written to multiple people. So it's not just a letter of an individual to another individual, which is typically how we write today. So we're at Colossians chapter 2. We're going to start in verse 6 and go through. Therefore, as you have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of death that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. As I've been kind of walking through this passage and working with how to present this text, uh, yesterday I was actually trying to determine whether I wanted to preach it backwards and start from the bottom and then work to the top, but I think I'm going to just keep it the way that it's written. And so we are going to be looking today at a gospel message and what the gospel does. But this message is also is for the believer as an encouragement of where our focus should be and what our responsibilities are. But then it's also for the unbeliever. There is proof as to why it's important and necessary to believe in Christ and what Christ has done for us. And we're going to dig into that. So this first section in verses 6 and 7, we don't necessarily see the gospel explicitly. So I'm going to just summarize it real quick. The gospel, believing in the gospel message, is putting your entire faith and trust in the work of Christ on the cross and also the work of his resurrection and trusting solely in that and not trying to work your way into heaven, be a good enough person to get into heaven, but trusting God, trusting Christ, trusting the work that he has done, being sufficient enough to save you from your sins and give you eternal life. That is what the gospel message is, okay? And so... We're going to look first. So we're going to look at three things. First, commitment to Christ, avoiding false gospels, and then just kind of looking at where we have come from or where some of us that are not believers are currently sitting. So first, commitment to Christ and the resurrection. All of the Christian faith is built first and foremost on Christ and his truly dying and coming back to life. No other theological leader, no other philosopher has done that. Christ is unique in that. He offers us something that no one else can offer us. And so we need to keep our focus firmly on Christ. What I like about this passage is um, in the ESV and some other translations, it words it a little bit differently, but in the ESV it says, so walk in him. 
I think so often as both believers and non-believers, we come to this idea of accepting the gospel message as kind of like an end goal. This is, we've arrived, we're done. But this is rather just the very beginning of a journey. So continue walking in him. So Christian, if you are struggling in life today, if life just doesn't make sense to you, keep your focus on Christ and keep walking forward. Non-believer, if you are just really unsure about what all of this means, I encourage you, focus on Christ and just take those first steps because those steps are not the, it's not the end. It's not now I have to have it all together, but it's the beginning of a journey. The next thing that I see in this is that the gospel is delivered in community. So I earlier said that the book of Colossians was written by Paul and Timothy, and it was written to a group of believers. And so this is not just a Lone Ranger Christianity. The gospel message is often delivered in a group setting, or it's several people explaining what the gospel message is. It's not just a one-time thing by yourself. This is a communal thing. And we're going to look at the next point too, and it's also a communal thing. So keep that in mind. Remember that we need to be keeping our focus on Christ and the resurrection first and foremost. And this is a communal thing. The next thing we see in verses Eight, uh, eight, verse 8 mainly is this idea of avoiding false gospels. And again, remember, this was written to a group of believers. This was written to a church. This is not just individuals be on guard. Yes, individuals be on guard for false theology and, and, and terrible doctrine. But as a group, be on guard for false teachings. We see these in our, with our friend groups. We see these outside of the church. But oftentimes we will see these exact same things inside the church. And so we, as a community of believers, need to be working together, reading scripture, focusing on Christ to know, hey, this is not right. It may sound good. It may be pleasing, but it's not a good theology. It's not a good doctrine. We have this both outside the church and inside the church. But I also want to highlight the, um, the, the issue with just residing solely on, well, my community doesn't have an issue with it, so therefore it's okay. We must also individually be knowledgeable of what Scripture says and have a personal, active relationship with Christ. Because if it was just community that would weed out bad things, then the Jewish people would be people that would not have needed the Savior in the first place. Because they were a community set apart by God, specifically by God, to be God's people. Yet, they missed the boat. They added new laws. They added laws to keep from breaking the laws that God had commanded. And then they rejected Christ when he was actually physically bodily here. And so it's not just community that we need to strive to. We need to be striving in a Christ-centered, Christ-focused community. And then the, the next point is where we have come from. Christian, this is where you have been. Non-believer, this is where you currently are. I want to read verse, um, verse 13 and 14 and 15. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands, this he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. 
Christian, if you are a believer today, if you have your faith in Christ, then your legal debt has not just been paid, but it has also been destroyed. That is a very cool picture because there's no reminder of the debt that you had once, were, once had to owe. Christ has paid that debt, but then has also destroyed that debt. Unbeliever, Christ will do that for you as well. One thing that I really like about the Christian Standard Bible, the CSB translation of verse 14, is, is this. I'm going to read this from the CSB. He erased the certificate of debt with its obligations that was against us and opposed to us and has taken, us, taken it away by nailing it to the cross. This law of debt, this sin that we inherit by being humans, was opposed to us and against us. It is great to live in America and be free. But I think that sometimes we sit in our culture and our culture begins to dictate what our theology looks like. I live in America, so I don't feel enslaved to anything. I live in America. I don't feel opposed by anything. We are truly spiritually dead. As I was kind of processing through this text, um, the importance of the metaphysical, the, the outside of what we typically see is, is very evident in this. We are working, we are fighting against things that, are, that we don't see, that we don't get to actually participate in, but there are spiritual forces at work. And though we may not physically feel enslaved to anything, we are spiritually dead apart from Christ. Yes. And so... Um, we are going to be wrapping up very, very soon. It's good when Galen preaches. But what I want to highlight is that if you are a believer, if you have put your faith and trust in Christ, I want to continue to encourage you to keep focused on Christ. Continue walking in this path. It's not always going to be easy, but Christ is there, and he is going to be there as you walk, as you journey. Unbeliever, if you have not begun this journey. It is a journey. You don't have to have all the right answers today. And I want to encourage you, seek out what Christ has for you. If you want to come and talk with me, I'd love to, to, to follow up with that. In verse 12 of chapter 2, it says, Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God, who were raised from the dead. If you have not followed up in believer's baptism... I encourage you to do that. Make that step because scripture, Baptists believe in a public profession and then believers baptism. And I want to encourage you, if you are a believer but have not made that step, it is a very strongly encouraged command throughout scripture. And I want to encourage you to, to take, take that and, and be baptized publicly in our church. And so I want to encourage you, if you want to spend some time at the altar praying, seeking to restore a relationship with Christ or, or um, renew your focus on Christ, this altar's open for you. If you are unbe an unbeliever and you want to explore what that looks like more, I'd love to talk to you after this as we sing this song. Let's pray. Lord, I just thank you for this day. I just pray that you would just... Uh, do what you need to do with this message. I thank you for the way that you work. I thank you for what you're doing here at Gasville. In Jesus' name, amen.